Welcome back to another episode of Winning Through Culture. I'm excited to be here today with two very important people and certainly in my business life, Lila Ressler, the CEO and founder of People Solutions Now. So welcome, Lila. Thank you. Great to be back with the team. Good to have you back. Also joined today by Audrey Averill, Chief Operations Officer of our organization here in Charlotte. And we are here to talk about a timely and hot topic. Timely in the sense that the labor market is going through some interesting dynamics and challenges and hot in the sense that the procurement of employees at salaries that have not probably been seen in a while is also hot. So we're going to dive in with Lila and Audrey today to talk about this topic for small businesses, finding the right talent, and then how to attract them to your organization. I think that's a great cultural dynamic. In preparation for our time together, Lila and Audrey, I was looking at some recent statistics. I think everybody's heard of the great resignation, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And apparently, if you go back to some of the Bureau of Labor Statistics from late 2021, 4.2 million workers quit their jobs in the month of October alone. And the other trend that I think is also creating some interesting dynamics post-COVID, and I'm not sure we are post-COVID, but in this after the first wave of COVID environment is you've got a lot of people that want remote work. I think 58% of people said they wanted fully remote work and 39% preferred a hybrid setting. So a lot of interesting dynamics. And then on top of it, you have, again, businesses that are struggling to find talent and in some cases find so at a reasonable level. So Lyle, I'm going to start things off with you and just in your capacity, helping businesses find and attract talent. What are some of the unique challenges you're experiencing in supporting those organizations that are recruiting for talent today? And how has that changed over the past few years? Yeah, I think that the landscape in the market today is making it really necessary for hiring managers to rethink a lot of things around how they attract talent to their organization. In years past, someone could get by with posting a position and then the work involved was sifting through the resumes and doing some interviews and picking the best from that group. And I would say that those days are definitely gone right now. Another factor, I think, is that hiring managers are accustomed to being in the the driver's seat. And right now with the job seekers being in the driver's seat, hiring managers are having to rethink their ideal candidate profile. They're having to rethink how they're attracting candidates to the organization. I think small businesses in particular have relied upon referrals and friends and family as kind of their pipeline. And now with the shift and the resignation and everyone looking for different opportunities and new things, that pipeline isn't as lucrative as it used to be, right? So they're having to expand their search and that's leveraging search firms. I think of the small businesses that I'm working with, many of them, it never occurred to them that they would need to leverage a search firm for some of the positions that they're hiring. They're the type of positions you threw up a post and you could attract to it. And it's just simply not the case. Every every position now is really a headhunting endeavor. Posts garner very little interest. You have to send custom invitations to targeted people and invite them to apply and pray that they do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been instrumental in helping us in our own business and you and Audrey have worked closely together. Audrey, what have you seen just in the last couple of years? Again, 
as we've had to expand our own workforce in our business? What are some of the things you've seen? Well, in our industry here, we have a diverse landscape of industries, right? So we have a large population of large corporations and a large population of small businesses. And for us, it's really creating that unique opportunity for the candidate. And it's almost like we're engaging in them in the opportunity of not only what today is, but what tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now. And it is not just about the role, right? What am I going to do? How much am I going to get paid? It's about what's the culture like? What do you guys do outside of the office? Where are you guys spending your time and effort, not just in doing the day-to-day work, but also in giving back to the community? So, you know, really where I spend a lot of my time now, as opposed to in previous years, is talking about our organization, where we've been, what we're doing now, where we're going, and spending a lot of time talking about how we handled COVID, how we handled something that was such a significant and unprecedented change to keep our workforce and keep our workforce employed, engaged, and how we can be agile in an ever-changing environment. That's really the piece that has become a significant change for me. I'm not just finding out who the candidate is. Are they fit for our culture? They're actually interviewing us to see if we're a fit for what they want. And so it's becoming very tuned into who we are, who we are as a culture, who we are as an organization, and how we want to come out in the marketplace. And so while I traditionally do not have a background in sales, I've become very good in highlighting all of the opportunities within our organization, which wasn't as prevalent many years ago. I think, Audrey, that that's a really great point. And I think that that interview that you speak of, them interviewing you, often starts long before they're in front of you, right? So they're Googling you. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times in an interview, the first thing they say to me is, wow, I looked at your website. I looked at your social media. I looked at, we have a more philanthropic part of our organization, Hands and Feet. Tell me a little bit about Hands and Feet. Oh, I saw you were with the company for a long time. So a lot of people are doing their due diligence before we even have that first conversation, which honestly is actually a plus for me when I'm interviewing somebody because it tells me they're engaged. They're really engaged in this process. Yeah, that's been a big difference for us. Kind of going back to that great resignation, you know, Lila, for you, how have you seen that impacting, you know, owners and entrepreneurs trying to find talent? Yeah, I think that changing the mindset and becoming more open to that ideal candidate profile has been huge. Managers who are really staying kind of wedded to an orthodox view of talent, right? I think are really struggling. I think staying open to talking with each individual candidate and understanding what it is that they're going to need in order to come on board and seeking to understand that in the process is newer to the whole selection process. I think small businesses and entrepreneurs have some real advantages that large companies don't have. And that's that they are able to flex faster to be able to make a change for a candidate that's requesting something coming in. I think that that's a real advantage for a small business. 
they're having to balance that with their internal organization and figuring out, you know, if that makes sense for the organization. But if it does, they're able to move faster. Whereas when we work with a larger company, they're not as nimble. So small companies can be more nimble in that offer process. And I think managers that are staying open to that are able to attract talent. I think too that doing these extensive searches where you're really driving high activity to the job post, we're finding candidates that don't look like the typical candidate that we've seen in those roles previously in terms of their skill sets, their backgrounds, their education, their prior experiences. And I think staying open to taking a chance on a candidate that seems very different than you typically would put in that role. And we've seen that work out really well. We've seen actually a lot of very pleasant surprises in terms of, wow, we're getting a little more innovation, right? I think sometimes hiring managers with that ideal candidate profile, that candidate profile sometimes is an oxymoron, right? So let's say, I want someone that's been in the industry for X number of years that's going to bring innovation and fresh ideas to the table. But because we can't always find that now, sometimes you're getting someone who's not been in the industry, but they are looking at it through a whole new lens and bringing their backgrounds to the table and we are getting more innovation. So staying open, I think, has been the biggest impact and honestly, the biggest pleasant surprise. I think we're seeing broader scope of diversity in the applicant pools. I think that we are really able to bring people into the organization who may take a little bit of a ramp up time because they're not accustomed to the industry. But once you get past that ramp up time, you've got gold, right? So I think we're really seeing this be both a headache and a blessing at the same time. I'm seeing just as many positives as a result of this situation as I am seeing the obstacles and the challenges. I think we've been at a tipping point, right? And this is probably all stuff that needed to happen. And when things that need to happen finally happen, change can be very painful. But I'm finding that we're getting great candidates. It's just taking a little longer and it's taking hiring managers kind of being a little more open to different options. I think that flexibility and adaptability is really critical. And as you said, Lila, the smaller businesses have the opportunity to flex on that. I know Audrey and I have talked about different things we hear from candidates or quite frankly, our own employees, and we can make a decision relatively quickly that we might change things to be more accommodative. And it's a balancing act for sure, because the work still needs to get done, but you definitely have to balance it out. And I do think to your point, there's a lot of positive coming from this. As Audrey shared with me several months ago, It's kind of refreshing, quite frankly, when someone shows up and they've done their homework on the organization because they've almost started to say, hey, I think there's a fit for me here as opposed to what what you got for me. And Yeah, and I'll say the shift, Tim, is yes, money is a, and the dollars and cents is really an important part, right? A healthy salary, have to have a healthy bonus program, healthy benefits, all of those pieces. But what I've noticed to in helping bring people into the organization, it's much more than that. And it's what's our flexibility? What do you look at from a whole person perspective? Because the truth is, people spend the majority of their week at work. So what is that experience like? And at the end of the day, if the employees or the prospective candidates feel like you care about them as a person, as them as a contributing member to the organization, that really solidifies that relationship. It gets them excited to come on board. And the great thing is, is, you know, we've had a lot of new people 
We've been blessed to bring them into our organization. And what I'm finding is this culture of, wow, everything you said that you guys were going to do, you've done. And the people are validating as we have these waves of new folks coming on board. But the important thing is not just at the beginning, give them a wow, but how do we continue to bring that wow to them each and every day, understanding, like Tim said, we still have a job to do, right? There's still work to be done. There's still things that have to be accomplished. However, at the end of the day, if I hear my employees say, I know you care about me. I feel like I'm heard. I know that you guys want us to be great, not only at the office, but outside of the office, just in our lives. That inspires me as I'm telling our story because I feel like we're being authentic. One of our core values, authenticity, when we're sharing what we do and how we help our people. So that's something that's very, very true and relevant in the current market. And you know, the interesting thing, Lala, I love your take is we've got just kind of an interesting market right now. What's your approach when you're going into the marketplace to attract that talent, inspire them, get them to even start having that conversation? What's that approach these days? Yeah, a couple things. So one is we're very choosy about the companies that we will hire for. So hiring for a company that has core values, a very clear purpose, they've got rock solid social media for a candidate to be able to do that preliminary interviewing. So we can go out and when we invite someone to interview, we send them information that we know they're going to be looking for anyway. And I think that shows a sense of pride in the company that we're retreating for. Like, look what they just did. I think this is an organization you might want to talk with, right? So very custom invitations. Some things that we're doing that candidates tell me are very unique is we're using the phone. They receive a lot of... Anyone that has a resume posted is receiving a lot of contacts via Indeed or LinkedIn. And what we are doing is when there's a phone number on the resume, we call the phone number and leave a message or send a text. And they're not accustomed to getting the phone call. So if we say we're interested in you, we want to talk with you, we're really excited about this organization that we're recruiting for, we want to share it with you. It's very different than a lot of what they're getting is very AI, it's very ATS, it's very like cold and we know you're looking, we've got something to talk with you about kind of thing. So building that relationship is really key in terms of getting interest. When we send out the emails, we just don't get the response that we get when we're making the phone calls. So I think differences in approach are necessary just to stand out from the crowd because there is a crowd out there looking on both sides, the job seekers and the companies. There's just a lot of people out there in the market contacting one another. And when you add that with all the other distractions that social media brings, it's hard to be heard. It's really hard to be seen and heard in this type of an environment we're finding. So separating ourselves from that pack, I think is really necessary. It feels like more work at the time, but I think it's actually making it shorter, shorter time contact to get people to talk with us. Delilah, as you're doing that on your end, what can business owners be doing on their end from the recruiting process to again, kind of gain access to the type of people they're looking for? The search engines are great to be able to find candidates. The data tells us, depending on the source that you're looking at, anywhere shy of 50% or a little over are planning to find another opportunity. 50% of the workforce? 42, I think was the last data that I saw, are planning on finding another opportunity. So it's in their mind. 
And it's pretty easy to post a resume these days. So the resumes are all out there posted, right? Just waiting for that opportunity to knock on their door. So I think, I mean, what hiring managers can do to attract the talent is to look internally at what they're presenting to the organization. Take a look at Glassdoor, take a look at the company reviews. You know, what is your company putting out there in terms of what candidates are going to be seeing? And making yourself very attractive to the job candidates. So it's very challenging to get in front of them. When you do get in front of them, be spot on, right? Be somebody that they want to talk with. So it's interesting because when you go to apply to a position now, you see the ratings right there, right? The company ratings, you see Glassdoor, you see reviews, you can see what the internal people in the organization are talking about the company. So making sure that you're leading an organization in a way that is making your current team satisfied with what you're doing, that's a huge recruiting win for you because they're not always seeing great stuff. And when they start to see great stuff when they're looking at your company, you'll have the benefit of talking with them. I think looking internally at your development programs, Audrey, I know... In your hiring experience, you may have heard people, you've said they don't always look for the money. One thing I find they always look for is growth. They're always looking for growth. And it's not necessarily climbing the corporate ladder growth either. It's learning new skill sets. It's having a leader that believes in them, invests in them, develops them. They don't want to stay in an organization for a long period of time where they're doing kind of the same thing over and over again and not growing their skill sets. So I think having those good internal programs to attract people to is huge. It's an area to differentiate and stand out. One thing that I haven't heard in a very long time that people are looking for is stability, which interesting. is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember a time when that's really when you ask someone, what are you looking for? I want to be here a long time. I want stability. And I don't hear that ever. Well, well, I'm still stuck on that statistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think is driving that? I think post-pandemic, people are it reflecting and they're, they realized when they could work from remote that they liked that. It fit with their lifestyle. So I think you have one population that's just really excited about a more flexible approach to work. We're also seeing a lot of people who did startup endeavors during the pandemic. It's not uncommon to see on resumes that people started something, right? A side hustle thing. So I think a lot of people are just reflecting on everything right now. And so when you ask them, are you considering a new opportunity in a survey? I think their answer is, well, yeah, I think I am. (laughs) And so that kind of keeps back, Lila, then I guess to your comments about growth and I'm a big believer if the organization provides that internally, perhaps the person won't feel like they need to leave to get that. Audrey, what do you see, you know, when it comes to that conversation about a culture of learning and how does that play into the recruiting process? Yeah, it's a significant part of the recruiting process. So it's almost like you can predict the flow when I speak to a a potential candidate. First, they tell me about the research that they've done. Next, I talk about the organization, who we are, where we've been, what we've done. And then I immediately go into how we grow our firm, how we grow our staff, how we invest in it. So I hit that question right at the onset because it is so prevalent. If I don't ask it, I found it was literally the second question they would ask. 
What are the growth opportunities? How can I advance my career, my skill set? Before they've even started the job, whatever the role may be, they're already asking what's next. So you have to be able to explain in real time what the next opportunities are, how we invest in our staff. And that's where for us, Tim's really invested in that next level leadership, right? So I talk about us doing Emerging Leaders Program, what that is, how you get invited to that. Toastmasters, which is public speaking and and learning how to have the opportunities to share in front of a group. And then there's that individual kind of game plan of how they want to grow. So my next question is, here are the opportunities that our firm has in play. What does growth look like for you? You know, if you could imagine yourself five years from now, what's that ideal vision for yourself? And the interesting thing that I found is while a lot of candidates love the idea of growth, love the idea of being able to expand their skill set, their role, all of those types of things, what we have a unique ability and fundamental ability to do that they miss is having the vision for themselves, right? If you're five years from now and you can describe who you are, not what you're doing, who you are, how you're leading, how you show up at work, a lot of times they don't have the words to put behind it. And that's where I can really play into, not only are we going to help you grow, we're going to help you develop as a person, what your vision is, who you are, who you are when you show up best. And that leads to so many opportunities. The thing that being a small business owner is I don't have the, here's the corporate ladder that you want, right? You start out at here, in six months, you go to here, in seven months, you go to here, which is great. However, what I can create is a training and development program that allows you to expand not only vertically, but horizontally as well. And becoming that complete person. That's who we are. Helping people win at life. That not only extends to our clients, our advisors, but the staff that we work with. So you know, when I leave a conversation with a candidate, I want to inspire them. Not only inspire them to come work for us, but inspire them to think about who they want to be. And I feel like that is a little bit different. Again, I alluded to kind of selling the organization, but that's a different way. I'm not saying a product or I'll pay you the most or whatever it is. It's a level deeper than that. And I think that really resonates with a lot of the candidates who have recently joined our firm and how they're progressing in life. And I think that's been a really interesting thing that just over the past couple of years, you've really had to tune into. That's well said. I think it's that deeper dive into who they are. We're not just providing a job or a ladder to climb, but I think the overall growing as a person, growing as a professional, has definitely made an impact. Now, Lila, you talked about a little bit of this, but what are you seeing that's really different than prior years when it comes to candidates? Obviously, you touched on some of that, but are there other things you see that are different? Things that we're seeing different relative to candidates is they're showing up, I think, more authentically. I think in the past, candidates would put on this very kind of polished, say everything you want to say interview. It's been really refreshing to me to talk with candidates who know themselves. And I think because of that reflection that has happened post-pandemic, they have a much clearer sense of what it is that they're looking for, who they are and what it is that they're looking for. So I think authenticity is coming through more in the interviews, which I'm grateful for because that helps us determine fit. 
if I'm not getting authenticity in an interview, we do behavioral interviews. We have questions to look for for that. And I'm finding that people are saying, you know, I want to bring my whole self to work. This is who I am. Will that work for you? Kind of thing. This is what I need. And so I find that the whole interview process is becoming much more of a fit conversation and more of a conversation than an interview with kind of the hiring manager firing all the questions, the person doing the best they can to guess what the hiring manager is looking for and then morph into that, right? We're not really seeing that. People are pulling out earlier in the process of the interview process because they're determining that, no, that's not a fit for me, right? Or we're saying, no, you want that, but unfortunately, we won't be able to provide that for you. So I'm finding the process is getting more efficient and everyone's showing up more authentically, the companies, the candidates, and it's a different tone than what I've done recruiting in prior years. And I have to say again, like the biggest challenges I think are also becoming the biggest silver linings in the process. Yeah, it's interesting because in the end, I think you do end up in a better fit situation and there's no airs about it and everybody kind of knows where everybody stands and probably a separate episode for a later time is how do you manage and lead in that environment. <laughs> right. <laughs> for sure. We'll stick to the topic for yes. now. Yeah. Because that is a whole other topic to be discussed at another time. Right. If you could, I mean, you're working with a number of different companies and you talked a lot about, which again, kind of in line with the theme is you're actually selecting who you work with in addition to not just taking anybody that comes along. What is it that you look for in an employer? You talked about it, but I mean, beyond the surfacey stuff, which is important, the four values and everything you see, what is what uh-huh. do you look for in, in the deeper dive? Things that we're looking for in terms of making decisions around companies that will hire for. Yes. Yeah. Definitely a clear sense of what they're looking for. And we don't want to waste the hiring manager's time or the candidate's time, right? So really in a dialogue with the hiring manager, ensuring that they have a clear sense of what they're looking for and ensuring that the infrastructure in place internally to be able to support bringing someone on board, getting them up and running, developing them, growing them, all these things that we know candidates are going to be looking for We want to have a sense of confidence that the companies we're placing people in are able to deliver on that. We take it very seriously. It's such a passion of ours to put a good person in a good company. It's kind of like matchmaking, which is something that, you know, I've always really enjoyed doing, right? So putting a great candidate in a great company, it feels so good. We just don't ever want to have an experience where someone comes back to us and says, you know, that was a bad experience on the part of the company or the candidate, right? So we have to feel comfortable on both sides of that matchmaking. We don't want it to be one-sided in any way, right? Where there's, you know, a potential where someone's dissatisfied, whether it's the company or the candidate. Sometimes we choose not to work with companies simply because they want someone next week. We want a candidate in a week. The average time to fill a position is 30 days. That's what we're experiencing. I don't know that that's a national average, but that's our average. average. (laughs) It's my average. It's 30 days. I don't feel confident necessarily in promising that I can get you someone in a week. Although we did have an experience in your firm where there was a high sense of urgency, although the person was very willing to wait for the right candidate. So I was like, yes, we'll take that. 
And we got someone, I think, in two weeks or two and a half weeks. Or was it three, Audrey? I don't remember. It was two weeks. It was was two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some luck that actually came into play with that too. It's really, really good fortune. So I don't want to overcommit when it comes to how long it's going to take because I'm afraid they'll make a bad decision. We'll help them make a bad decision. And I just don't want to do that. So we'll pass on that. What, do an internet scrub, you know, make sure the company looks good and that it's going to be something we can sell because we don't want to spend a lot of time touting, you know, come talk to this company and it just, you, they're not seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so definitely having a good presence. And honestly, we didn't go into this business to become a search firm. We started hiring for our clients that we were doing HR and organizational effectiveness work for because they had the need. And that's really primarily who we're supporting with hiring our clients that we're doing other work with. So we have a really good sense of who they are and feel super excited about bringing people into their organization. Yeah, your relationship transcends. Exactly. The process, you're doing a lot more. Yeah. Audrey, when you're interviewing candidates, I mean, what are the things you're looking for as a predicator of success? So a little bit of it is, you know, my big thing is I like to have a conversation. And when you start having a conversation with a candidate, they get off of uh, feeling nervous that I'm going to be asking them the traditional question. Because when they start getting comfortable, their authentic self comes out and you really get to see who they are. And for me, what I look for is, do they ask how they're going to get trained? Right? Because that's an important thing. They want to know, look, I want to do a great job in this role, but how are you going to teach me how to do it? That's really important to me. The big thing, if they've done their due diligence on the company, that means that they're really looking for something that's a cultural fit for them. And that's really important to me as well. But then the other thing that I always look for is an excitement and a desire to grow as a person and to grow in any organization and to be a steward for whatever service that they're providing. And that comes out in a number of different ways. You know, I ask a lot of questions about, it's great when things go great, right? We love when things go great. What happens when things kind of go off track? How do you handle that? How do you work through that? And when I hear a lot of people say, we work as a team, we're together. We work together to find a solution. That rings a bell of a community that we're creating, right? We're not a group of resources that just work alone and then happen to bump into each other and say, oh, great to see you. How was your weekend? It's much deeper than that. We have to work as a community, have to work as a team. I will tell you, I know the question is more of what is the predictors of success. I will tell you a thing that will turn me off when I'm talking to somebody is when they blame a team member for something that's gone wrong in an anecdote that they share. That's a turnoff to me. One is because it doesn't really feel like they're going to be a part of the community. And two is, if something goes wrong, the last, what I always look for is, how do we take ownership of it? How do we work as a group? And how do we continue to move forward? And that's somebody that I can teach and grow and mold and develop and things like that. But at the end of the day, the other really interesting thing that I look for is even if it's two days from the interview, three days from the interview, whatever it may be, I love when I receive a note back wow, that was really great. I looked up that podcast you told me about, or I looked at that book you told me about that was really interesting. I try and leave them a little nugget of something like, hey, 
you mentioned this, I'd go check that out. It was really cool. It, it was a really great book that I read and it kind of related to, you know, and when they come back with that, it tells me that they're a sponge. They want to absorb, they want to be a part of something. And so those are the big predictors of success. I will tell you, and Lila kind of touched on this too, what you've done in the past is a great thing. However, when I look to hire to a position, I'm not looking that you've done the same thing, right? Oh, you know, you've been this type of processor, you can be this processor right now. There's fundamental roles and characteristics that I look for because some of the roles that we have, and you know, and this extends across any organization, it's if you have the clay, you can mold it. And that's what you're looking for. And I found when we've gone outside the box and looked at things in a new way and looked at things from a different perspective, wow, it has really paid off a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective of things, and a more creative way to approach something. And giving people those opportunities to step into something new, I found that they're profoundly grateful to have those opportunities. Because up until now, people weren't willing to give, if you haven't done it before, we're not going to give you the chance to do it now. And so those are the things as a whole that are great predictors for success in the future that I look for. But it's just, I will say this at the end of the day, I always say, go with your gut. And there is a gut feeling that you get, and it can be the energy connection. It can be kind of the whole picture of it. You kind of know when somebody fits into your culture because you've been in that culture and you know what works and what doesn't work. And it's always going with your gut, even if that means taking a chance on something new. Go with that instinct because as business owners, as hiring managers, you know your organization, you know what works well. And when you want to take that chance, want to take that opportunity, you know, I would say, although it's a little bit outside the box and, you know, I've, I've had conversations with Tim, I was like, you got to trust me here. I'm thinking of a few of those right now. Yeah. Got to trust me. Yeah. And it's because I care about the organization. I'm not just trying to, to fill a seat that you really get that payoff. And it's just, it's really great to see when those success stories happen. That's fantastic. And figure the hard easy of do the hard work up front and not to a point, just try and fill a seat. Patience. Uh, <laughs> yes. That patience and uh, spirit of abundance that you will find the right person and some great techniques on how to identify that. Lila, do you want to add anything for your secret sauce on selection yeah. candidates that you present to your clients? Yeah, I definitely echo everything that Audrey said. So I'll add a few things that I look for as well. I like to find someone that feels lucky to have been selected, right? To have been talked to about the opportunity. And then throughout the interview process, they give you clues to indicate they would feel really fortunate to get this opportunity, right? I think there's a big difference between like, okay, I'm going to get this new opportunity. They're going to grow and develop me and stuff. But there's that feeling that I am so lucky to be here and I'll have candidates that will text me, email me, call me after an interview. I loved that organization. Oh my gosh, I loved everything they said. I want to be there. Please help me get there. I love that passion for them just feeling so fortunate. So I look for that. I look for authenticity and sometimes I'll talk with a candidate and I just don't want to stop talking with them. Like I just really am enjoying the conversation. We're brainstorming together. We're sharing ideas. Like we're just off and running and we've moved out of this like you assessing me, me assessing you kind of mode. And now we're just enjoying the conversation and kind of almost working together on something, right? 
So I really enjoy that. When a candidate can build a relationship and a connection like that, I just feel like that's a great sign. They're going to be a great teammate. They're going to be a great resource for their leader. The other thing I look for is problem solvers. Audrey, you alluded to this as well. You hate to hear someone identify problems and complaints. I like to ask people, in your last job, share with me a recommendation that you made to the leadership team, kind of what resulted from that. And just seeing people get excited about an impact that they made. I like to talk with people who've made impact. And I like to talk with people who look for opportunities to make impact instead of look for problems and then kind of run away from them. (laughs) So I think everything you said, plus those additional kind of nuggets are what I look for. And I'll just a thousand percent double down on the gut. I really, I really believe that when you're having a conversation with someone, you don't want to stop talking to them. That's a really good sign. You're just going to really, you're going to click and you're going to work well with them. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack in our conversation today. <laughs> yes. Sitting here saying, wow. And it, wow in a good way in that there's an intentionality. There's a whole idea of connection, being flexible and adapting to a world that is rapidly changing and really providing an environment for people to show up authentically who they are and feel, lack of a better word, safe doing so. While, as I mentioned earlier, still getting the job done and then providing them opportunities to grow, not just in a ladder perspective, but in skills and experiences and knowledge and and investing in people in that regard. And again, the the long-term hope is that they're not in the 42 or 50% of the group that's looking to find another opportunity. They're looking to stay long-term, but really rich conversation. I just uh, thank you, Lila and Audrey, very much for sharing. But one of the big purposes of our podcast is to be impactful and relevant for business owners and entrepreneurs. And I think clearly a lot of what we discussed today are some very practical ways to look at how do you successfully attract and hire the right people for your organization. So really rich conversation. I want to say thank you to both of you again, Lila Wrestler, People Solutions Now, CEO and founder, and Audrey Averill. Chief Operations Officer of our firm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. So that is all for today for another episode of Winning Through Culture. Again, thank you for being with us. We hope you find this episode to be not only enlightening and informative, but to help you be successful in your endeavors to attract the right people and help your organization grow by getting the right people attracted to you and staying long-term in your organization. So thanks for joining us today. 